All right, greetings, salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Jeffrey Wilson coming to you with another episode of Everything Combat. I am, of course, always riding shotgun with my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer, Eater of Worlds, who is actually on the road going up to, I believe, South Dakota for LFA to announce some fights on Friday for, uh, like I said, LFA, which you could find on UFC Fight Pass. And then he will be in town Saturday to announce fights with me. And I'm really stoked to have our guest back on the show I asked him, you know, before we went on, hey, you know, how you doing? What you been up to? This guy has been, I mean, not only is he the head of this fight promotion, Cage Aggression, he is clearly a fighter himself, as we've all been trying to make make our way, make the best of what that we can with this uh, COVID situation. And again, he is Mike Goodwin. He's the El Jefe over at Cage Aggression MMA, where we have a jam-packed, the largest card in Cage Aggression history going on this coming up weekend, Friday, September the 11th, where I will be announcing that card with... Former UFC lightweight champion Jens Pulver. And then Saturday, like I said, Pat will be back in town from Sioux Falls, South Dakota to announce the second night of this jam-packed card. Really, really stoked to be a part of it. This is going to be on pay-per-view. We're going to talk all about it. Mr. Mike Goodwin, the El Jefe over at Cage Digression, who's joining us today. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me again. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, again, man, it's uh, everyone's kind of um, just trying to get their mind around how to proceed here in the days of covid you know, you had you originally had this uh, these bouts scheduled already. If you don't mind, man, give us a kind of an idea of kind of you know the the albatross, the, the gauntlet that you had to run to get this event going, to actually have this event take place. Yeah, for sure, man. We were actually, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been trying to do everything I can to be progressive and not and not kind of think about what could have been um, because we had this event initially planned for March and. You know, to be honest with you guys, it was it was kind of a culmination of over the last decade of just consistently trying to get better with each show, trying to add elements, trying to bring in, you know, better fighters and better matchups. And I, and I genuinely felt that this event was going to be our largest event to date. And, you know, I, I know promoters are supposed to use these tag words and stuff like that, but okay. I genuine, genuinely believe everything was on point like it had never been before. Um, you know, the, the pre-sale on the tickets, the fighters were ready, the, the sponsors stood up like never before, and we were really in a good place. And uh, it was uh, nine days prior to the event, uh, it got pulled, man. And, and you know, I kind of smelled it coming with everything going on around us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it was heartbreaking because, um, you know, you, you put a lot of time and, and work, just like everybody's got a story with this thing, but... I just I genuinely felt like we were we were right there and it was it was going to be our largest event. Um, but when they pulled it, uh, you know, we we kind of sat back and like everybody, we we just kind of played the waiting game. Uh, you know, and Pat and I talked early in the, in this whole mess and and it just you know with so much inconsistency and, and probably the worst part, not knowing what tomorrow brings. Yeah. Um, I, I started to kind of feel it just slip away. Like, is this even my promotion? Is this even my show? Is this you know, there's now so many powers that be above us making all these decisions for us. And whether we like it or not, it's, it's just it's overwhelmingly hard to stomach um, when, you, when you put your heart into something and, and then you, you can't do it, man. So yeah. um, eventually, you know, we postponed it. I, I promised everybody involved from the fighters to the, the fans, my team, uh, everybody that was invested into this thing, the, the sponsors, that I would not cancel at all costs. I would not cancel and um, so we postponed it till May. Of course, May, nothing was happening yet. And, um, you know, then I decided just to, instead of trying to push it month to month, I'll just move the thing to September. 
you know, really keep my fingers crossed as some things start to open up. Um, you know, I'm thankful that we're at least in a somewhat progressive state of Iowa where they're kind of giving us the opportunity to, to, to put some things into place careful, and, and careful, let it happen. Careful with that. Careful with that word progressive, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, man, because actually I'm trying to be positive, but the harsh reality is this, this venue holds over 3,000 people. Um, you know, we pre-sold over 1,500 uh, for both nights. Uh, to pull this event off, they took me down to 650 seats, which is crippling to begin with. Um, but, you know, I don't want to be negative on the call because I'm thankful as I see state after state and, and gym after gym contact me like, can you get my guys busy? Can you keep them busy? Because these states can't have shows yet. And so although the number is super small and I'm, I'm literally trying to do everything I can to, to, to keep it going and move the train forward, um, it's a tough one, man, because as positive as I'm, as I'm trying to be, it, it's hard that we've been so restricted. But what I keep telling myself was in March, the number was zero. And in May, that number was still zero. So it, at least I have something to work with to get everybody back together, yeah. give them a great weekend of fights, get the fighters, you know, what they deserve. They've been, they've been in a, a, a fight camp for eight months now. You know? <laughs> right. That's got to be tough. Man. That's got to be really tough. Yeah. It's been a whirlwind for sure. Well, and again, seeing the positivity in it, I mean, the silver lining is, you know, we're all just trying to make the sweetest of lemonades with the lemons that we're given. And like I said, man, you're you're a fighter, bro. And, you know, you, you, you're adapting to the situation like, you know, like we all are. And I think a very powerful feature and a big feature for this event is, like you said, your gate's been, you know, cut down significantly. That's why you've assembled this really awesome team to stream this on pay-per-view. You go to cagesaggressions.tv, like I said, um, you know, to buy the pay-per-view and just talk to us a little bit about that aspect of, it, aspect of it to help kind of compensate for what you're losing at the gate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we I, I kind of use the similar to, to our ticketing system. We use a website and a company called cagetix.com. And what I've learned over the years, especially at the local and regional level of MMA, is that, you know, a lot of people are there, the majority of people are there for one particular fighter. Um, they're there to support that fighter they may not even be a fan of MMA. It's my job to maybe turn them into a fan, but they're there to support nephew, grandson, friend, whatever the case may be. And, uh, and to that, these fighters at this level make a lot of their money off of the ticket sales. You know, amateurs, for example, they can't be paid a purse like the pros, so they make a substantial amount off the ticket money. And even the pros, you know, they, some of them have such a big following that they get a bigger percentage of their tickets, and, and that's kind of how the whole train moves. I mean, we keep the system running by, by fans. And so um, with cage ticks, if somebody goes online to buy their tickets to the event, they can actually select the fighter they're buying it, uh, buying to, to support, and then I get a printout at the end of the event, and I get to mail out commission checks to each fighter that sold tickets under their name. Um, we've branded that with our brand for years and years now. Uh, and, and it seems that every event that cage ticks grows and grows and in, in what we sell on there. So the idea was, okay, here comes fight week when the majority of people, you know, hit up the fighters, everybody waits till last minute and they say, Hey, you know, I need tickets. I need tickets. I had to tell the fighters almost a month ago that they couldn't sell any more tickets. Um, but I, but I, I didn't have it in me just to call them up or, or, you know, message them and say, look, you can't make any money either. Like we're all kind of screwed here. So uh, we came up with the idea that we wanted to do a live uh, pay-per-view stream. 
and more importantly, um, build a website or build a platform that when you go on to purchase the pay-per-view, just like the ticketing system, you can select the fighter you're supporting, and then similar to Cage Ticks, I will get a printout um, after the event, and I'll get to mail out the fighters a, a portion of that pay-per-view sale. So now, you know, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not a fan, and I do not believe in this whole new normal crap. <laughs> Nothing about this is normal, and it better not stay that way. Right. Uh, but, but for now, while this is in place, um, you know, the fighters still get get to have their fans supporting them just from home uh, because we're so restricted on the seating. Yeah, and it's been really cool, man. I, you know, I'm a professional wrestling fan. Even MMA, as we've seen at UFC, you know, they're, they're, these venues or these these events are still being held. Um, without fans and with that pay-per-view aspect, yeah. it's, it's almost like, not completely, obviously, because you would love to have that full gate there, but it's almost like a COVID-proof operation. You know, you guys put on sure. a great show, and even speak to that a little bit. You guys are going to be adhering to, unfortunately, some of these new normal rules as far as social distancing, wearing a mask, et cetera. Yeah, they, you know, the River Center, they're owned by the, that's our venue, and, and they're owned by the city, so mm-hmm. naturally they, you know, they, they have to follow rules to avoid being shut back down or, yeah. or lose their liquor license and all these things. So, um, you know, they had to put a, a mask uh, be- when you come into the building and when you leave. And believe me, we could have a whole nother call on what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, it seems that if you put a, if you put a sticker on the floor, then all of a sudden you're, you're COVID proof. But, um, yeah, they, they're making us put masks on to, to come in. And once you get in the venue, you can take it off. Um, they are requiring that everybody has a seat. So we have, you know, typically a lot of people like to congregate around the event and, and stand and talk and hang out and, and to keep a count and to follow their, you know, their rules. Everybody has to have a seat, which is, it was a little different for us. Um, it takes some elements out of the show that I like where, you know, sporting events, people get excited, they get up, they yeah. cheer, they, they throw their hands. So it's going to be, it's going to be odd, but you know, why we were on this call, it, it reminded me, I, I wanted to know, Pat, what you, what it's like when you are commentating for LFA and there's no fans. What is the atmosphere like to you? What's your opinion? Well, I mean, they've been allowing a little bit of fans to come in and they get the upper, uh, the, the VIP suites. Uh, ah. uh, but uh, so there's nobody, it's not, it's not a ruckus loud crowd, I can tell you that. But um, I... Normally, I'm saying what a guy's doing right, what the other guy's doing wrong, what he needs to do to get out of a bad situation, things like that. So I have to keep it down a little more than normal uh, because I don't want to be giving instructions to somebody. Oh, fairly. wow. Yeah. So it's almost like yeah. uh, um, I, I, you know, I joked around one of our broadcasts. I said, there's Smith with a 30-foot button dirty. And, you know, joking around and, and talking like that. But it's, it's the truth. So it's it's a little weird and you know the energy at times you know it's, it's like you're, you're just sitting on the corner of a gym talking you know but yeah uh, you know with the, you'll have you'll have a lot more fans than that there'll be people screaming and yelling so that's going to be a lot more exciting it's going to be a lot more exciting for the people sitting at home watching it uh to hear the crowd roaring and uh, you know so it's yeah but it's a it's a start you know and, and yeah. what's funny is you know, there was no amount of police and no amount of athletic commission. You know, when I did my fight with none of the paragraphs when we had almost 4,000 fans and there was a fight between Pacino Hill and his opponent and then Nunn and I, uh, there was no stopping. Like, Michael Nunn's fans all poured up to the cage or the, to the ring, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There was no stopping that. 
and they were, I was, hell, I was talking to half of them, laughing and smiling at them and winking at them. <laughs> they were all mad, you know, thinking Michael was going to knock me out and all this stuff. I was having fun with them and uh, talking to Mike and just trying to, just trying to, you know, bait them a little bit and have fun. But, yeah, it was it was nice to see that. So I mean, that could happen at your event, and that's not your sure. fault. You know, that's not your that's not your fault at all. Yeah, I can sure. tell you as someone who was uh, calling the fights with uh, Michael and Pat with uh, the great Rory Markham. Yeah, I was uh, looking over my shoulder, shoulder many times. That was a, a quite the ruckus crowd there that was uh, there to support Mr. Nunn. Had a great time, though. Yeah, for sure. And well, and again, part of this pay-per-view package, which is really cool, man. You guys, you, again, you assembled, you assembled a great team, man. Look, all of you guys, you, you know, last time we did this, I walk in and you're you're putting up the cage. So, you know, it's like a, you're you're very very hands-on. You know, Paul Martinez, you got Josh, uh, Justin Holstein with there in there. Some of the features in the pay-per-view, it's pretty pretty unique and cool. Not just being able to single out certain fighters so they can get paid, but there's going to be, you know, we're also very interactive, and I think this is a great idea to have the fans interact with the broadcast. So we're going to have be having live polls live chats talk to us a little bit about that well i mean we have like i've said you know i i didn't get into the sport until roughly 11 years ago so i'm in retrospect i'm still kind of a noob to this whole thing <laughs> and so so i've got a couple what i still feel and will always feel like legends at our event they're local which is incredible um and 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 wanting to be a part of it and and come to our event and call the fights, that in itself is, is pretty amazing. But there's a lot of me out there that, that look up to these guys and think, man, these guys are legends. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. And so the ability to go on and be able to chat and ask questions during fights, you know, or after a fight, that's, that's pretty neat, man. Cause as a fan, that's how I've always tried to build my events. I, I'm not a manager. I'm not a coach. I don't fight my only vested interest, of course, besides running a business that, you know, makes money for everybody so we can keep doing it um, is, is I'm a fan and, and I want to buy a ticket and I want to come in and this is what I want to see as a fan. And that's how I started building the shows and over the years tried to improve them. So to have that as a fan, if I was at home buying it, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you guys' production is absolutely top notch. So I have to, and you guys have really been, uh, I mean, just kudos to you for, for, you know, sticking to this for so long. Cause I know being a fight promoter, even on a good day without COVID is, is not an easy gig. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that's nice about the live chat, uh, you know, we want we want the fans to chime in and say who won the rounds, you know, who you scored for, you know, asking questions, you know, whether it's uh, whether we thought it was a foul or low blow, whether we uh, who we had it scored for, uh, who they think is going to win, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's it, again, it's Very just cool. always fun when you when the fans can be a part of it. I mean, it's even on a small, it's kind of small, insignificant things. It may seem like, but I mean, people just love that, and especially real hardcore MMA fans just love that kind of interactivity with you know fighters or you know broadcasters or whatever it is, just to kind of be a part of the show. Um, so, I mean, obviously, um, you know, many bumps in the road bringing this to its fruition this weekend. What are some of your big fights that you're looking for? Any special features? It's like talk a little bit about the co-main and the main event for both nights. Yeah, you know, this is actually the first year, um, every time we, we, this is our eighth annual two-night event, so every March we host a two-night event, and I've always themed it Friday all amateur, Saturday all pro, um, just to separate the nights out. Um, now that I look back, I kind of think I shot myself in the foot, because this was the first year I said, you know what, I want to do two big main events, both nights, both nights pro-am, and I think that's what really sparked 
the difference because a general fan may say, oh, I'm going to wait till the pros. Yeah. You know, why would I go to the amateurs if I don't know anybody? The idea that we did both, and, and I really wanted to put two credible main events together. So on Friday, uh, we have longtime fighter Eric Wisely in his retirement fight. Now, this is his true retirement fight, not like his seventh retirement fight, as I've seen. <laughs> you know, uh, he's actually retiring, uh, married, having a baby, uh, owns his own business, doing phenomenal, just loves to train, loves the sport. And, you know, he's, he's on an 11-fight win streak. He was in the UFC, got called back. He fought in Bellator. So he's really a veteran. But at the regional level, it's really hard to find somebody that can go toe-to-toe with him. So uh, over the years, the guys that he's fought, they're, they're trying to make a name off of Eric um, at this level, and it never really works out. Um, <laughs> and some of these guys have begged me for the opportunity, and I know, and I tell them, you know, I'm very transparent, I'm like, man, I just don't think that's a good fight for you yet. And they just beg and beg, and, and then the outcome is what we expected. But mm. um, I uh, actually initially had um, nine-time UFC vet Kenny Robertson to fight him, and he's an in-your-face, somebody that, that Eric needs pressured. He needs somebody to come at him and, and, and check his nasty leg kicks, but, but get in his face. Well, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, Kenny tested positive for COVID. Now, the worst part of that is not because he was sick, but because he's a teacher and they're making him test every week. So we won't go down that rabbit hole on was he really sick or what, you know, none of that garbage because we i know what we all think but anyways um so naturally it was my job to go out and find somebody that still had that ability uh so we went to wisconsin we found a a guy named frank schumann uh he has 12 professional wins and he's coming what really sold me is he's coming off a a pretty nasty ko off of five and oh up and comer out of wisconsin um uh, a really good prospect very well-rounded prospect and this guy you know, when I when I booked this fight, I had somebody that works for works for King of the Cage for many many years, and that's where Frank has had most of his fights. He said, "Man, somebody's going to die in this fight." You know, obviously joking, but that this guy is is going to come forward, and he just fights and fights and fights. So, um, as always, anybody that fights Eric, as long as he can, as you know, check his nasty kicks, it, I, I expect it to be a a great fight, if not better than the original fight. Nice. Um, so that's our our Friday night main event. Uh, and then we moved to Saturday, and um, we are doing a, a flyweight title fight, 125-pound professional title. Uh, I've got a gentleman out of Des Moines. He is, has, I believe, 26 professional wins, and he has, I believe, nine professional titles and in, in nine different promotions. Um, now, we know that the, you know, the, the title thing is it's all relevant to, to the type of competition you're facing, you know, but when you have nine belts and nine different promotions, um, you're, you're getting a nice mix of talent and that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Um, now I thought it was very important that we bring in somebody credible, especially with the, uh, pay-per-view option. Uh, so we're bringing in a, a gentleman by the name of Juan Puerta from American top team out of Florida. Uh, I really like that because I've been talking to a lot of guys down there, uh, it's tough at the regional level to bring fighters from all over the country because of budgets and, you know, fan bases and stuff like that. But, you know, at this point, with, with the amount of seating that we have or, or the lack of, I should say, it kind of shifted for me. And it's not necessarily about filling all the seats in the River Center because that's going to happen no matter what we do. Um, 
you know, after 10 years, if I can't sell 600 tickets, I'm not doing anything <laughs> right. So uh, I kind of have this huge shift and now I'm, I'm not filling 3000 seats. I'm filling 600, but I really want to put fights together and people around the country that other people want to see. Um, so I'm hoping that helps boost the pay-per-view. I hope it's good for, for Juan. He's very excited. And uh, these fighters have not been able to fight in so long. They're so hungry that he was just as excited to come here as I am to have him. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, and again, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, not only is it, you, you have the amateurs fighting, you do have pros out there. You have, you know, veterans of LF, uh, LFA, UFC, Bellator. So, I mean, you definitely have some hammers and some serious, serious talent. And, you know, I guess uh, before we let you slide, you know, this is you're, you're building up some momentum, man. And I, that's my hat is off to you. So you have this event and then you have some uh, back to back October, November, correct? Well, yeah, you know, and like I said earlier, without getting into the, the negatives or the, the financial side, I, you know, I budgeted this this event off much more than 600 people, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's my responsibility. It's my word that, that I would not cancel this. I would make sure it happened. I'm a man of my word, as you know, at all costs. So the idea is kind of twofold. Um, nothing's going on at the River Center. Uh, they, they canceled. Heck, they seem like they canceled Christmas already. Uh, but no Festival of Trees, no, you know, wow. none of their typical winter events. So they've got this wide open venue. And I said, hey, now that I know what I have to work with in October and November, now that I have so many guys and girls that want to fight, um, now that we've got this platform on pay-per-view, why not try to make up some lost ground, give some more opportunities, and, you know, and try to put something together that's a little bit more strategic across the board than a postponement from March when things were, were normal. Right. Well, and again, you know, this is, I mean, not to say it's completely COVID proof, but again, nobody's going anywhere. Everything is, a lot of things are shut down, ladies and gentlemen. So support my man's effort, support these fighters who are putting in this killer work, cagedaggression.tv. We're talking Friday and Saturday, back to back nights. Two legends will be calling these fights. Like I said, Jens Palver, Little Evil on Friday night with myself. And then the next night, the Croatian sensation, of course, Pat Milicic will be joining me. Um, wow. I'm so looking forward to this, man. I'm so stoked and I'm happy for you, man. I'm so happy that you just, you didn't give up, man. Cause this is a, uh, this is a big deal. The biggest event that you guys have had for your company. And I'm absolutely stoked to be a part of it. Well, on a side note, man, I feel like if we quit then then the powers that be win. And, uh, and, and I, and I'm not, I'm not really willing to do that. No, absolutely. So, I mean, just to make sure we are correct, cageaggression.tv, correct? To get the pay-per-view and to find out which fighter you want to support. Am I right on that? No, you're you're spot on, and there's some you know there's fight cards and graphics and trailers and everything, and you know on the website and yeah, check it out. We'd we'd love to have your support. Yeah, so I mean, if you are chilling at home, pick this up. Like I said, you're not just going to be able to watch the fights; you're going to be able to chat live, real time, take part in some of these polls, and again, support the hard work that these guys are putting in. Because like you said, I mean, you just can't give up. And so many, not to get too deep into that, but so many businesses have folded. That's why my hat is so off to you, sir, for your perseverance. Patrick J., any closing statements, comments for our boy? Hey, man, I'm just looking forward to driving back home to Davenport, Iowa, and sitting down next to you and calling some great fights and, and having a blast. And, and look, um, some of the absolute best talent in the Midwest is going to be on display, and, and some guys from around the country are going to be there challenging the Midwest boys. I, mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to it. Two nights of MMA for me, one in South Dakota and then my hometown in Quad Cities, USA. We're going to have a blast, buddy. Absolutely. Awesome. And you guys will not be disappointed. These guys put on an incredible, incredible show. Mike, any final statements, comments from you, my friend? 
No, thank you guys, man. Thank you for wanting to be a part of it. I mean, I, I genuinely mean that. It, it really does mean a lot after so many years. I look, I look up to you guys. Appreciate you, brother. CagedAggression.tv, ladies and gentlemen. Support this incredible jam-packed two-night card, the biggest in the promotion's history. Thank you guys so very much for joining us once again for another episode of Everything Combat. Peace and so much love. Stay tuned. There'll always be more.